We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. And we are in week two of Tea Hanksgiving Month 2, Electric Hanksaloo. I'm just going <laughs> to embrace it. Just just lean into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I really, like, it's bothering me that I don't remember coming up with that. Yeah. We take, we have a notes thing that we update <laughs> and sometimes I'll go back and be like, I wrote that? Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's in my voice. I do. I did sign it because I'm weird. Sometimes I sign things. No, it's good when you do because other times, uh, if you, if you if we don't sign it, then we have situations like this. Okay, fair enough. From now on, I'll sign a date it. Yeah. So, Perfect. Well, okay. I I'll, don't get, think they... I'll get a notary public to. There you go. To there you go. Also, write. Hello, this is John Smith, notary public, number such and such on every note I update. Good. Okay. Cool. On in other news, we're getting a new roommate in our house. Oh. He's a notary public. Oh, good. <laughs> Good. Is his name John? Yeah. Smith? Do you know him? I, I've, I've heard of him. I hear he's very nice. <laughs> he's all right. I hear he's nice enough. Yeah. He's uh, he's a city guy. And uh, he. Well, I think the thing that's freaking him out most is his move to the suburbs. Oh, okay. We're talking about the burbs this week. I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of a decent, like we're segueing so slowly from All Hallows Steve into yeah. T. Hanks Giving. Because we had All Hallows Steve, yeah. and then we had The Green Mile, which mm-hmm. was a Stephen King story with Tom Hanks in the movie. And yeah. now this is like a kind of creepy movie. Yeah. So we're, we're edging out of the Stephen King, but still keeping the flavor. Yeah. Sort of. Um, I mean... I see why James from The World Beyond the Tale was freaked out by this movie. I do too. Absolutely 100% I see why that was. Yes. On the... As, as a child, we as should a, as specify. A, as a child, um, it wasn't great to watch alone by myself. No? It was... I mean, there were some... I was like, this is pretty dark. Also, I was sort of tired when I was watching it. Okay. Sort of... Sort of fading in and out of not i mean i didn't fall asleep during when i was watching it right but i was tired yeah and so it sort of was also sort of like a surreal like they did lots of i'm so sorry movie people in here are going to know what i'm talking about but but the like zoom in while you pull the camera out and it makes that weird like yeah like thing they used a lot of that in this movie they sure did um and it was it's weird to watch when you're tired this movie (sighs) was strange and it had Carrie Fisher in it. It had Carrie Fisher in it. So Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher. And Corey Feldman, which uh-huh. does not get mentioned ever. Neither Carrie Fisher nor Corey Feldman. The CF contingency of this movie <laughs> is completely ignored. Completely forgotten, if you well, will. Well, now, CF. to be fair, you could have completely deleted both of their characters from this script and oh. had basically the same movie. True, but I would have enjoyed it far, far less. Oh, sure. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Early spoil, Corey Feldman made this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, just to be clear, Corey Feldman did not make this movie, but he made this movie. Yes. He was the best part of this movie. I think maybe mm, outshining Tom Hanks, even just a, maybe a little bit more. Well, because Tom Hanks was, not that I have a ton of experience with this era of Tom right. Hanks. This was early 80s? Late 80s. Late, this is 89. Oh, late 80s. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, young Tom Hanks before he started doing, like, serious movies. Right. So 
like I, I don't have a ton of experience with that, but it has a the very like Joe versus the volcano mm-hmm. bosom buddies kind of like goofy silly i think this was the movie right before joe versus the volcano a little over the top yeah 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 Um, i mean like there, like he definitely had some moments where i was like yikes tone it down some tom agreed and yet there were also parts where i was like wow that was a really subtly it was even dialogue Mm -hmm. there was dialogue where i was like this is the driest dialogue i mean funny what they're saying is funny they're delivering this in the most dry way i think i've ever seen on screen i'm like this is i mean like those are my favorite parts when it was just like we are having a discussion this discussion is about this but what we're saying is ridiculous yeah (laughs) but and but and then it wasn't the like so okay really quick plot synopsis i had to look up to see if this was based on do you know the okay i know I personally know that you have experienced the plot of this okay. thing I'm about to mention before because we read it in Willoughby's class in seventh grade. Oh, jeez. Okay. But do you remember The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street? No. It was a Twilight Zone episode that we read in the lit book. It basically is... Yeah. We read a script for it? Mm-hmm. In, the, in the lit book. Yeah. It wasn't... I mean, it was in, within the lit book, so it was the weird spacing of like what? a... So the plot of the monster... I'm not doubting you. Like, I believe you that we did this. Yeah. I'm doubting whoever decided that this was a thing that should happen. It was, yeah. I don't know why it was in there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very, very basic symbolism and like, this is a story about, you know, prejudice and paranoia and stuff right. like that. But I'm not sure, like, it blows my mind that like... And I could be, I could be mixing up the year, but we definitely read... This in English class. The, well, sorry. The monsters are due on Maple Street in English class right. at some point. I think it was. Well, we grade. were only in English class. Bleh, English class together. Twice. In seventh. In seventh, and then ninth. And it was. It definitely mm, wasn't ninth. Ninth. And I. Well, I was. Right, because you was sat Thompson, right behind right, right, me and the famous we, right. Yeah. And was I? Was I in? Do you had um Thompson? No, um uh, Donahue for tenth grade. Yes. I think I may have been in your tenth grade English class. Very very. For like the first week of school, yeah, and Bef- then your then I dropped changed. honor. I dropped honors bio because I wasn't gonna. I wasn't about to do a science fair project, <laughs> and that moved me into Rosenthal's class. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hey, hi, future Aaron. Have fun cutting. Um, oh no, I'm just gonna leave that in. <laughs> okay, um, so Monster Jew on Maple Street is basically a town thinks that their neighbor is aliens. Okay, and they work themselves up into a frenzy. And eventually, like, attack the aliens. And then Rod Serling at the end, who was the narrator of Twilight Zone. Okay. And he was like, a town such and such. Blah, 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 blah. The monsters were them. Like, they were the monsters because look at how crappy they were. And it turns out that they were not actually, the new people were not actually aliens. Right. So I was like, okay. So this, and like, in in the show, they like zoomed in and it was like, modern suburbia, such and such. And they had like a shot that went past the sign that was like Maple Street. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, they had a shot that went, you know how they went from like the universal globe and zoomed in on the sub- on the suburbs? Yeah. The shot took it past, Ma- they lived on like Maplehurst. Okay. So I was like, is this just an adaptation of that? And it almost was. It almost and was. And the way that it wasn't, spoilers for the burbs, but hi, welcome to the show. We spoil the hell out of things. Right. It was that until there was a twist where they where, where the people they thought were monsters were actually evil. Right. Which was 
but like ambiguously refreshing. so. Right. I like, only they were con- like through the whole movie. Tom Hanks and his buddy, who isn't Dan Aykroyd, but might as well have been. He's can he is Canadian like Dan Aykroyd, and I've seen him in one other thing, and I don't know what it is. And he had a kind of Dan Aykroydy like build and delivery, and he was demeanor. huskier than I think of Dan. Aykroyd. He had, he was in the eighties. He had. Dan Aykroyd's like '90s My Girl build, right? Which is what I think. Right. I think of Dan Aykroyd later. Right. Like honestly, I think of Dan Aykroyd in Britney Spears' Crossroads. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and 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 so I see why. I think his name is like Rick Ducamel. Okay, it's something just just over the border of Can- of Canadian. I didn't look up to see if he's Canadian, but his last name made me think probably Canadian. Okay, yeah, he. I can see you thinking that he reminds you of Dan Aykroyd. No, sorry. I can see him reminding you of Dan Aykroyd if you're thinking of Crossroads Dan right. Aykroyd. Right, right. So Tom Hanks and not Dan Aykroyd uh-huh. are convinced that Tom Hanks's new next door neighbors have murdered the old man who lives down the street. Well, there's there it, the movie starts with like Tom Hanks coming out and there's like the sound the, the sound of literal like a spacecraft taking off coming yeah. from their basement. And there's like lights coming from under the porch and their whole house looks like a Halloween haunted house. It's like run down and there's no grass. It's just dirt. Yeah. And like, which is very strange. It kind of makes you wonder how the HOA allowed that house to fall into such disrepair. Maybe HOAs weren't a thing. It felt pre-HOA because they all talked it, it, you got the impression that right after this movie, they formed the fir- the world's first HOA. <laughs> right. Because like they were talking about, oh, we need to talk about them. We, honey, we need to move. Look, they don't keep tra- care. They don't take care of their lawn. They don't. I'm like, man, they're they're having an HOA conversation over breakfast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also Bruce Dern, um, who is a guy that I've only seen be a kooky old dude. Is that not Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Who played. A kooky old dude with a, like, late 80s super hot wife. Oh, my God. That bathing suit thing she was wearing? Yeah. Yikes. It was like a bathing suit, but the bottom, it was a two-piece, but the bottom was shorts, but they were shorts that were basically, they're like like running shorts, not like bike shorts, but like the looser running shorts that have sort of the, the part on the side where, like, the front and back half of the fabric, like, kind of overlaps. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. And I know you know what I'm talking about because you watched the movie, but yeah. for our listeners. Yeah. It was like that, only instead of those two halves being sewn together, they were just open all the way up to the waist. So when she moved, I mean, you basically just saw right into her shorts. Yep. I assume that there must have been a bathing suit bottom style thing sewn into whatever that was. Yeah. Because otherwise, just, I mean, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I have... I've seen that that lady, that actress in other things. I feel like she mostly plays that role. She kind of, this is going to sound bad. She looks like the type. Yeah. Like the pretty blonde who is very good at playing the pretty blonde trophy wife. And sometimes, sometimes I've seen her play, I'm not, I'm not just a trophy wife. And she, she brings a thunder to the, the role. I've seen her be competent, even though she looks like that. Oh, okay. Which would probably be. The the casting call description competent even though she looks like a trophy wife right um but like I've seen her mostly play sort of meek wife of right eccentric person right um so that's who she was in this yeah and so Bruce Dern played um I've seen him in like westerns and stuff he yeah. was basically a military guy who had not given up the military 
but everyone was cool with him. I th- the everyone was kind of cool with each other, which was sort of interesting to see. Like yeah. as a suburb, they like there was no. I thought there was going to be like, ugh, that guy. I hate that guy, and this yeah. guy. I hate this guy. I mean, with the exception of Bruce Dern being annoyed at old I, man from Dennis the Menace. Oh, was he his, from Dennis the Menace? Oh, he, I don't know. He looked he looked like the neighbor in Dennis the Menace. I think he may have been uh, Lucy's boss in the Lucy Show, but I wouldn't swear to that. Okay. Um, he he looks the either, either way. Yes, he he was an old mustachioed man. Yeah. With your dog. Yep. <laughs> and he let your dog poop on Bruce Dern's lawn. Yes. And it made Bruce Dern mad. Right. But other than that, everybody in the neighborhood seemed to be completely cool with everybody else's quirks, except for these new neighbors, the Klopex. It's almost like they came... Actually, it probably is that they normally would have been sniping at each other like they were in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. but they all sort of came together in hatred of this one common cause. Right. Pretty um, much, yeah. And then Corey Feldman's parents are out of town, and he was tasked with painting the house over the week they were gone. I'm not sure it was the 80s. No? Was he not that? Did he live there? Was he just a resident I'm of the house? I'm confused about why you don't think it was the 80s. No, no, no. Like, it was the 80s, so their parents just left their kid for a week. Oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah, yeah. fine. I mean, he was a teenager. Yeah. I At one point, I think... Okay. Uh, Old man military said something about, go paint your house. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was his house. He was definitely there to paint that house that he absolutely never painted. (laughs) Well, to be fair, he painted that section of the porch that he spilled paint on. Oh, when he spilled on that speaker in the very first shot of him, I was like, bro. I know. He was marked for Empire Records. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like Ethan Embry watched the burbs just the Corey Feldman parts and was like, okay, but like less California, more stoned. And I have my character. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. So So, basically they hijinks ensue where they try and prove. So, um, dude with my dog who looks like either the guy from Lucy or the guy from Dennis the menace goes missing and they, they find his hairpiece and they find no note and his dog is all dirty. And those are things that make them think that he has been, taken against his will somewhere. Right. So they immediately suspect... Somewhere the, like the Clopex basement. Right, the Clopex basement. Hijinks ensue where they try and prove that this guy has been killed. Yeah. The Clopex also appear to be a family of an old man. Yeah. A college age to early 20s yeah. man who appears to be super hillbilly. Kind of like... If Igor was from the hills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Yeah, exactly. If Yeah, like Igor meets... Deliverance. Yes. Yeah. So, in, then, by which we're saying, we it's it's an incre- like very very stereotype cartoon. This whole movie is full of caricatures, right? Like, and like this, like had very clear fake buck teeth. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. I'm not quite sure how the actor was able to speak any lines with that very obviously fake mouthpiece in his mouth. Right. Correct. Yes. And then you f- we find out later there's also a doctor living there who. Did, you never watched Boston Legal. I never watched Boston Legal. I am really, really have my, my high hopes that this guy has played a non-evil character in his career. Well, um, he plays a judge on uh-huh. Boston Legal okay. who is a crotchety old man. It is suspected that he is a virgin. Okay. Still lives with his mother. Uh-huh. Very horrible woman. And oh, what is it that he always says? He's got some catchphrase where, like, he gets very 
like worked up and tells uh, James Spader's character, Alan Shore, to constantly stop with like the Namby Pamby or something uh, like that. Uh-huh. So he's not evil, uh-huh. but at the same time, you know that when they walk into the courtroom, if he's the judge, they're not oh, going to win the case. Ball. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, I know him as playing the leader of the Illinois Nazis in the Blues Brothers. Okay. Um, he had few lines. He was there to just look perplexed and stymied as the blues brothers um got like ran illinois nazis off a bridge okay that was it but interesting he was sort of blues brothers is a weird weird movie um from nine years earlier in this than than this movie okay um that there are no villains per se in but also like the cops and the illinois nazis and these uh these country musicians and like there are no bad guys and also there are like six sets of bad guys okay it's a weird movie but like no villains but lots of antagonists uh maybe the opposite like the villains didn't do anything they they basically hanna-barbera wacky racer just like everyone's running around in their hijinks stuff the nazis are after them and the cops are after them and the whatever okay so i don't know it's a weird movie good music though so I know him from that. And this felt just like an extension of that character. Okay. <laughs> like yeah, the I mean, doctor. This, yeah, this guy is, a, I mean, he's a character actor. Absolutely. One of the, like, if you see his face, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, I've definitely seen him in something. Yeah. And so basically we're led down a path that le- that we think, no, this, this group of, of suburbans are off their mark in terms of like breaking into this house. They accidentally hit a gas line and blow up this house and all this right. stuff. And so you think that the movie is done. And then there's a, there's like a, there's like a coda where it turns out, no, they are evil. They killed the previous owner. They have skulls and skeletons and. Like tons of human bones in the trunk of their car. Yeah. Like not bodies, just the skeletons. Yeah. Which and they have and that that spaceship sound was a huge blast furnace. Yeah. Where I guess they burned the bodies. So like yeah. it was a weird twist that sort of I it sort of took the moral and kind of made fun of a movie that it made it basically the last 10 minutes of the movie made fun of the moral that the movie that was the rest of the movie was yeah it was yeah it was it was very strange (laughs) in in a way it almost felt like a rewrite where they were like all right is this a little too didactic english class textbook thing yeah okay shall we shall we just say hey audience fuck you am i allowed to say fuck on here yeah all right good (laughs) that's a bingo (laughs) yep (laughs) well not a full bingo that's that's a bingo space yeah we're brought to you by... Have you heard of Reply All? All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so yeah, it was a thanks weird... Thanks for being here. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Next week on the pod. All right. So... No. Oh. God, I'm going to cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, it was it was a big sort of fuck you to the audience, but in a way that I kind of enjoy. It's a very Simpsonian sort of like, you thought this was how this plot was going to go, but actually it's going to go this other way. Do you think they showed it to a test audience without that coda. And they were all like, but wait, we've been cheering for Tom Hanks this whole time. And it turns out that he's the bad guy. Right. Because he broke into this house and blew it up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the 
movie guys were like, oh shit, you're right. Okay, well, let's just, I don't know, give him a car full of bones? Yeah. It was very, it was very weird. And you- like, he tried to kill Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has been in this gas explosion and he's in the back of an ambulance and the doctor climbs in the ambulance and goes to like inject him with, I guess, poison? Yeah, miscellaneous needle contents. With just like the biggest needle ever. I mean, that thing was like the size of a beer can. It was like an, it was like an old school syringe. Yeah. Like it has the 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 like things it, from a scissors. It has the the finger holes from a like a like it, it's 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 on a correct like it wasn't like jury rigged or anything, but like it was that kind yeah, of like old school medicine. Yeah, like if you asked a child tip. to draw a picture yes. of a cartoon syringe, yes, this is what that guy had. Yes, and so they wrestle on the gurney. Yes, for. Just like four minutes. Yes. Um, as the gurney has wheeled out of the ambulance. Well, no, first they're driving in the ambulance. The ambulance is being driven into a house. Right. And then the, the gurney falls out of the ambulance and just goes through the streets. And they're still sitting on this gurney wrestling. Yeah. And then finally they crash into, and he ma- into a car doc- and yeah. he makes a citizen's arrest. Yeah, into the doctor's car. Tom Hanks makes a citizen's arrest. The cops open up the car to find all the bones the end. This was... It was a weird movie. I'm trying to think. Hold on one sec. This was the weirdest fucking Tom Hanks movie I've ever seen in my whole life. Yep. Yep. This is weirder... Mazes and Monsters? Of this, this makes of Mazes and Monsters... Because this had big studio money behind it. That was a made-for-TV yeah, movie. That's true. And that one... It was didactic. It knew it was. It knew what it was... It knew what it was doing, and it did it just... I mean, it was wrong. The lesson it was teaching was way off base and right very it would it would be it would be like you know tom hanks stars in a a movie about someone reading harry potter and then falling into the the world of witchcraft in a way that almost kills them right but like made for tv in the 80s like right. it was that same I mean, thing that's basically what that movie that's basically was, what it was. <laughs> <laughs> this was like major studio money but like the late 80s when it was like we're not quite like the 70s boob-filled college comedies. Yeah. We're not quite the 90s where we have like kind of rom-com stuff going on or like interesting like like the, and like it was pre Jim Carrey era like Yeah. Kara. Um and <laughs> it was this weird time that I think we're actually going to see uh, in a you know in like Dragnet and and the other movies we do where it's like is this funny? <laughs> Because, yeah. like, there were lines that I was like, that's funny. There were there were setups where I was like, that's pretty funny. Then there were times when they were like, then there was, like, some, like, Catskills-level comedy where it's like, Art, your your wife's home. Oh, also, your house is on fire. Yeah, the whole thing's going to go up. My wife's home? Yeah. Like, wow, what? <laughs> yeah. Like. It was... Like, it makes you wonder. I guess Tom Hanks wasn't Tom Hanks at that point. He had been in big. Well, that's true. He had, I mean, like, like, I mean, there's no reason why Carrie Fisher was in this movie. Oh, I'm sure just, just, they just backed a dump truck full of money. I I have to imagine. I mean, I guess. Or a con, she had a contract with Universal or something. Maybe. Or maybe, I mean, it's possible. Like, I've definitely auditioned for for plays and been cast and then learned after casting that the director has a wildly different vision than what i was expecting but i'm already locked into it yeah maybe the original script was somewhat different i don't know hey if anyone has read any of carrie fisher's biographies 
maybe in one of them she's talked about oh, this. Oh, that's true. I would love to know what she had to say about this train wreck of a movie. Because, like, I mean, like... It's mean It's mean of me to call it a train wreck. I, yeah, I wouldn't... Because it's fine. It, it's fine, but it's sort of like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it was so weird. And that whole scene where they went over to visit the Klopex and were like... So Carrie, Carrie Fisher is Tom Hanks' wife. And she's like, you men are being ridiculous. Right. She and, she and the trophy wife lady, they're like, you guys are being ridiculous. We're yeah. just going to go over and introduce ourselves and invite ourselves in. And I'm like... Oh no no yeah no you don't that do felt that like, second part that felt like eighties suburbia like right, that but, felt and like then, yeah and then they did that they went over and they they were like so you know is the rest of your family home and they just walk into the house yeah that whole scene I I have like three notes on this movie one of them is Carrie Fisher question mark yeah one of them is oh God I'm so uncomfortable encompassing that entire scene and then one of them was doggy. <laughs> <laughs> because when you saw point, the, the big huge dog yeah the, yeah. yeah when Marmaduke. they sandlotted us yeah <laughs> they open a door and this giant great dane comes flying out and just gallivants around yeah and he was delightful and he was the best part of the whole movie and i loved him the dogs in this movie were pretty good there yeah. were three different dogs three uh was, tom, oh that's right zeke. tom hanks had a dog zeke vince vince yeah which is a stupid name for a dog and i love it <laughs> he was like a benji dog yeah but like a big Benji. Benji was a small little terrier, right? Yeah. 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 This was like a Benjamin. Yeah. It's the dog that's, it's the type of dog that's in movies constantly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, Carrie Fisher was also in the Blues Brothers. Was she? Yeah. Okay. I like Carrie Fisher. With Dan Aykroyd. With Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And Illinois Nazi guy. Uh Uh-huh. But that's it. Yeah. And also Dan Aykroyd's not really a connection to this movie. (laughs) Well, he is from our show. (laughs) From our show, yes. (laughs) You're welcome, Dan Aykroyd. We just connected you to the verbs. Yeah. Please do not connect me to the verbs. <laughs> Too late. We did it. It was yeah. a it was a it was a weird movie. Like, I mean, it's I won't say it's not worth watching. I knew nothing going into me, it. Same. I was expecting it to be more of wasn't there a movie with David Duchovny where that he was like under like an undercover like he and everybody else, quote, in his family yes. actually worked for some company and they were like going undercover as a family to like learn about like the shopping practices or something. They were advertisers. Yeah. It was it was live you they were basically like the companies paid them to have their products and live this lavish lifestyle. Right. So that people would buy the stuff and so they'd go golfing with their friends and they'd use the new titleist such and such right. so that john and sue next door would buy titleist equipment right. i saw that movie in the theater and i can't think of it, what it's called actually this had very similar a very similar feel to that movie yeah and that so that is kind of what i was thinking this was yeah. so when i then learned which is why when james wilcox was like this movie freaked me out as a kid i'm like what yeah <laughs> what are you talking about yeah no, he was, I like, I get it. There are lots of very dark shots and very, like, surprising things. And, like, the the main, the not the doctor, not the Hans guy. Oh, from, you mean gruff old generic horror movie yeah, man? Yeah. He was scary in almost every single way. The Joneses. Yes, the Joneses. Right, of course. It was a 2009 movie. Yeah. I think we saw that in the theater. It was good. It was. It was not. Was it, who was in that with him? Taya Leone. Taya Leone. No, Demi Moore. Oh, Demi Moore. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a good movie. Um, it's not Have You Heard About the Morgans, which starred Jason Sudeikis, and that was one where they were working off, they were, like, trying to con the community 
And like one was like a drug dealer and one was like a such and such and whatever. Am I thinking of the Joneses? They were working off their... I'm mixing up two movies of... They look like they're a normal housewife or house, you know, suburban family, but they're actually XYZ. Yeah, no, the Joneses was the um the advertising one. Trendsetter, the daughter's the... Or the wife is the trendsetter and the husband's the successful businessman. The kids rule their new school. The neighbors try to keep up with the Joneses. It doesn't actually say what... Wait, that was Boston Public, that guy? That... Boston Legal. Oh, okay. Oh, but Boston Public had Nikki Katz. Nikki Cat, I think is his name. Um, the friend. Cor- yeah. Corey Feldman's friend. Who was in Days and Confused. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he was also, um, he was like the lead, like the main dude in Boston Public. That was what, I just saw Boston, I was looking him up, and I was like, I just saw Boston Public out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. All right, did you hear about the Morgans is not the movie I was thinking of. That's the one where Hugh Grant and Sarah Jessica Parker go into witness protection in, like, farm country. Oh. So I need to look up Jason Sudeikis. Hold on one sec. I'm pretty sure the Joneses is the... That's the advertising one, but are they doing advertising to pay off some sort of such and such? I can't tell. Or is it the movie We're the Millers, small-time pot dealer who convinces his neighbors to help him by pretending to be his family in order to smuggle drugs from Mexico into the United States. That had Jennifer Aniston, Jason Sudeikis, some kid, and Emma Roberts. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So My phone fell. It did. So the Joneses was the advertising one. Right. And they were not, they were not doing anything bad beforehand. It was just, that was their job was was to, was to promote stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the Burbs was none not of, Yeah, none of that is what this movie was, but it, the title makes you think yeah. that that's what it is. My dad and stepmom thought it was going to be a an Alfred Hitchcock send-up a la The Birds. Mm. Um, they but, may have actually been a little closer. I guess. It, I guess. Well, it's like their idea and our idea kind of meshed into what this movie actually was. Yeah. It wasn't satire. It no. wasn't... I don't know what it was. It was weird. It it was that late '80s like everyone trying to to get their own Tim Burton thing going on. Yeah, it did have kind of a trying to be Tim Burton, like trying to be Edward Scissorhands yes. era Tim Burton kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah, but Weird. not pulled off very no. well. But so Corey, who directed this one? I'm um, gonna look it up since your okay. phone's on the floor. Yeah, Corey Feldman was was fantastic in it. Is he the one that recently died? I believe Corey Feldman died. Oh. I, I don't want this to be a Wilford um, Brimley thing, okay. so I'm going to look that up. Joe Dante is the director. Hold on. I've got Corey Feldman right here. Uh, nope. He's okay. still alive. All right. So Corey Haim died. Okay. But. Yes. Corey ha- I was trying to type out Corey Haim and my fingers weren't working. Corey Haim died in 2010. Yes. Okay. Good. Wow. He was only 38. Yeah. I forgot. I- See, I didn't really know who either of the Corys was. Yeah. Time that that happened, so like I was aware of him having died, and I knew he was like one of those like eighties yeah. teen heartthrob types, but I yeah. didn't really know who he was, so it didn't register for me. Thirty eight is really young. It is so young, so so close to how old we are. <laughs> yeah, I I would like I think... in in terms of the way I feel. Yeah, thirty eight. Like yikes, that sounds like an old number. But then you think about being dead at thirty eight, and you're like, no, you're just a baby. Yeah. We were, I think, a couple, like like a high school class, like, a, a, you know, 
four years or five years too young, I think, for the Corey yeah. phenomenon to have been a thing. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so this movie, I would not recommend it to people unless you're trying to do a deep Tom Hanks dive. Yeah. Tom Hanks. I thought Tom Hanks was great in it. I thought there. I thought there were like there were time. Like I was like, this is a solid sort of a very wide spectrum of Tom Hanks performance. Like yeah. there was calm Hanks and off the wall Hanks. I was really hoping you'd find a I word know. that rhymed with Tom. Calm Hanks and Drom Hanks? Bomb Hanks? I don't think there's a word that is what we're hoping it is. Dom Hanks? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different movie that, the let's Terminatrix. be honest, I would still watch. The Terminatrix. Uh-huh. Starring Dom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say that, like, honestly, if you're trying to do a Tom Hanks deep dive, I would go Mazes and Monsters before this one. Agreed. This one was fine. I don't feel like Tom Hanks was was at his what has was at his Hanksiest. No. If you're if you're doing just a superficial, so far, just watch Big. Yeah. And 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 actually, go watch a little a couple of Bosom Buddies episodes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want '80s Hanks, yeah. I feel like. I mean, I've never. I think we're gonna have to do Bachelor Party next year. Okay. Um, because that was '80s Hanks, and I think that was sort of like sex comedy '80s Hanks. Okay. Which I'm sort of interested in. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. This one, I'd like C minus, and I feel like that's generous. Like, yeah. I would not watch this again for a while. I would not watch this again. Yeah. Full stop. I. It, I mean, it. And again, it wasn't a bad movie. No. It was. Fine. I nothing it. Yeah. Yeah. I nothing I, it. I, not, I nothing it. Yeah. Like if, if somebody said, hey, you want to watch the burbs, I would say no. Yeah. But I wouldn't say let's watch literally anything else. Right. It's the there burbs. There are plenty of other movies that are, that I would, that I would rather watch this than them. Right. Correct. Yeah. That was a really awkward way for me to no. say that. But. Yeah. Like we have Gettysburg or the burbs. I'm like, let's burbs it up. Yeah. Because unless Gettysburg has Gettys a Corey Feldman. Uh-huh. Gettysburbs. Uh-huh. Be the, a bad movie. The union <laughs> thinks that no, nope, never mind. Um, it's just this movie, but really, really with like so long. with like Civil War battles just randomly stuck in. <laughs> and they would Carrie they would Fisher in a bonnet, a, being like, "Guys, stop!" I remembered my other note. Okay, why did they need so many shovels to div- dig up the backyard? <laughs> Every single fucking hole in that backyard had its own shovel. <laughs> Why? You got to have a shovel, one shovel per hole. That's they had like se- they dug like 17 holes and they used a different shovel for every single one and I'm so bothered by it. This movie when you when you think about any of the plot at all makes no sense. Yeah. It doesn't the fact like if you say if you gave me these people suspect their neighbors of being something. Mm-hmm. They suspect their neighbors of foul play. Right. So they dig up a bunch of back because because they saw them digging late at night. They- well, because they found the dog dug up from underneath the fence a human femur. Okay. So they were like, "Oh, there must be bodies buried in the backyard. Let's go. This is probably the neighbor guy's femur. Let's go find the rest of neighbor guy." Right. And so they just dig up the whole backyard. Also, it would take more than an afternoon to dig that many holes that size. Also, go to the police when you find the that, femur. Okay, that is my biggest <laughs> problem with this. One, okay, there is a trope, and this happens a lot in romance novels, yeah. and I can't stand it. It is the trope of, if you just had a fucking conversation, yeah. all of this would be resolved. Oh, it's the three's company trope. 
Yes, and I think I've probably talked on the show before about how much I don't like this trope. Yeah. Because if all it takes to clear it up is a simple conversation, that is not enough to hinge your whole plot on. That means that your plot is weak. Right. This whole movie could have been cleared up with them going to the cops and being like, um, I think my dog dug up a human femur. Can you come investigate that? Right. Which- and also... They And even before that, they could have called the cops and been like, the next door neighbors are making some weird ass, very loud noises, keeping the whole neighborhood up at night. Can you please go talk to them? Right. We have concerns about the lights and the noise and the fact that when I tried to walk onto their property, I was literally blown back by a giant wind and unable to walk onto their property. I was thinking witchcraft was going to happen. I thought witchcraft. I thought maybe aliens. Yeah. Or like ghosts. I thought, Time machine in the basement would have sure. been good? Yep. Anything. Oh, man. We could write the burbs so much better. Hey, James. Yes. You want to write a movie? Yes. Right now? The better burbs. The better burbs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Tom Hanks steps onto the, the weird-ass grass-less yard. Uh-huh. <laughs> saved it. Gets blown off because it's Aaron. Go. Bump Aaron. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. I just want to say time machine, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would the time machine blow him backwards? Ghosts that brought that were brought back by a time machine. Why would ghosts blow him backwards? Because they're time ghosts. There's got to be some kind of force field around okay. the house in addition to... They put up a force field to protect their time machine in the basement. Right. Because the doctor is like Doc Brown and he There's can do that. There's a DeLorean in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, this, the way to make the burbs better is just make it back to the future. Okay. But with Tom Hanks. Oh my God. Back to the Future with Tom Hanks as the neighbor who's wondering what Doc Brown's up to. Oh, I'd watch the hell out of that movie. Right? Hanks to the Future? Yep. James, we fixed it. We fixed it. All right. Well, that was way easier than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Has Tom Hanks ever done a time travel movie? Off the top of my head, I can't think of one, but I'm going to investigate that off air. Yeah. We need to do that because... No, I'm going to Google Tom Hanks time travel right now. Oh, man. I want to see a Tom Hanks time travel movie so bad. Cloud Atlas wasn't really a time travel. He traveled through time in the way that we travel through time, all of us. (laughs) Tom Hanks time travel movie. Tom travel. Uh, Okay, so Cloud Atlas is the one that Eh, immediately pulled up. I don't count Um, (laughs) The Matrix doesn't have Tom Hanks in it. Unless. Unless. Hi, I'm Tom uh, Hanks. Welcome to The Matrix. What? No, that's just a thing saying you should never travel with Tom Hanks because apparently when Tom Hanks travels, bad things happen. Yeah. In movies. Except in Forrest Gump where his traveling saved lives, but whatever. Right. Um, Yeah, there do not appear to be any on the first page of Google results. No Tom Hanks time travel movies. Dear Tom Hanks. Please be in a time travel movie. Do you think that he's not in them because he scoffs at time travel? I hope not. I hope not too. That would make me so sad. That would break the the one man in Hollywood that I feel like I can still count on to be worthy of my adoration. Yeah, he probably just hasn't found the right project yet. Yeah, he's been too busy doing the burbs. You know what? What if he signed on to do the burbs and then the perfect time travel movie came up? Oh, dang. And he was like, shit, I can't do that one. I'll get the next one. 89. So like... Well, they, no, and then when they couldn't get Tom Hanks, they didn't make the movie. Oh, no. It was the perfect time travel movie, and they didn't make it, because you can't do the perfect time travel movie without the perfect cast. Right. And the perfect cast has Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And Carrie Fisher. And Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. But Anna Kendrick was, you know, not yet discovered. Right. 
but they went to the fu- they went to the future. It was a time travel movie in more ways than one. Uh-huh. Looks at camera. Wink. Yep. Unofficial success this have... week is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> I don't build have... your website with anything that you want, unless you want to pay us money. <laughs> what? They haven't paid it's us money a yet, Squarespace so Squarespace ad. Squarespace. <laughs> build your website with any Legos? Do you lo- mm-hmm. do you want to build your website with Legos? Yes. Man, the updates would be tough though. Yeah. And it would if the crash would be oof, <laughs> that'd be rough. Squarespace, build your website with cheese. Mm. Your dog will eat it. Square cheese. Cheese space? I like Square it. Square cheese space? Get that cheddar. Yeah. This episode's gotten away from us and I think that we should be done. I think we should be too. This movie was blech. It yeah. was fine. It was Tom Hanks was fine. Corey Feldman was great, but any I, I sort of love Surfer Dude in almost almost any regard which is yeah. why bill and ted's excellent adventure was so fantastic because it was surfer dude goes time traveling thank you good night that is not our outro music <laughs> it's, our, it's the surf version hey jamie the surf version i don't think has the deliverance banjos in it banjos what yeah banjos that's I a bingo banjos. thing really are you serious <laughs> well that was an accidental one <laughs> <laughs> accidental banjos whoops all banjos. Okay. Oh, um, God. Yeah, let's be done. So let's do social James media. James and I have both been solo parenting for four days. <laughs> I'm just happy to be away from someone telling me they're hungry. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah. I'm just glad that nobody's like having a tantrum right now. Dude, we reached like full on Lord of the Flies mode today. I yeah. threw them in the basement and I was like, whichever one of you comes out victorious wins. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they just, it was just constant like whining and tattling mommy kaylee looked at me yeah. kaylee looked at me with a mean face yeah. and kaylee was like it's just the way i look <laughs> <laughs> dang double bird on kaylee i guess yeah. <laughs> self-burn <Yeah>. self-burn <laughs> no it was really like it hit a point where i was like just go in the basement and put something on the tv i don't care what it is yeah like i honestly don't whatever you can find down there yeah um matt very quickly will say he's bored like we finished and the end i'm bored yes which i don't think he means what it thinks it means what he thinks it means i think he just uses that for what's next and i'm i'm not i'm unsure about yeah. what's next but it it cuts through me like yeah the burbs through my sense of tom hanks's impeccable career well i mean he came back from it so you will too he did he did i can come back from it too yep i too can make a joe versus the volcano sleepless in seattle there you go that's probably a better one yeah anyways we have social media and it is this facebook.com slash unabashedly obsessed the group that is no no that's not what it's called i mean you can go there i don't know what it'll take you to maybe it'll redirect we have a facebook group it is not that is not the url for it it's called unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed i think it might actually be facebook.com slash groups slash unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed that sounds more likely. Yeah, that sounds way more likely. Until I figure out how to redirect Facebook. Right. In typing the, sounds, typing well, sounds, typing sounds. While James is making typing sounds, you can also go check us out on Twitter. We are at UFO Podcast, where you decide what the F stands for. James, would you like to pause from making typing sounds and decide what the F stands for? Typing sounds. Well, what's that? Sure. It stands for Feldman Forever. There we go. I've, I've drawn the line for Corey's, and it is Feldman. Individually, we can be found on Twitter. I am at unabashedly Aaron. I'm at unabashed James. And this month, uh, my name says that my name is Joshua Baskin. That was Tom Hanks's name big. So don't yeah. be confused. What is up with a Joshua? He's writing a letter to his mom, presumably from um, captivity. 
where he's been kidnapped. Okay. And it's this big montage of stuff he's doing, like going to sports games and right. T-Rex boxing. And he signs it. He's like, your son, love always, your son, Joshua. And it's just the way that Tom Hanks reads the line that his okay. name is Joshua, but right. he says Joshua. And I always like that. Okay. And I, I commented on that on this month's newsletter, which was my live blog of me watching the movie Big. There are some very, very philosophical questions asked in that newsletter. And also, it's so long. I haven't read it yet. It's very I long. I kind of forgot that I hadn't read it yet until you mentioned it just now. So I need to do that. Um, I would recommend watching Big while you read it. Because <laughs> otherwise, it seems like the ravings of a madman, which I'm not saying it's not. I do not have time to watch yet another movie this month. I have far too many projects as it is, and I keep adding to them. (laughs) Save it for March. Save this for a rainy day when you can watch Big. Yes. And I think the way that um, the burbs made me feel was I'm sad that I watched that instead of a Tom Hanks movie I really like. Like Big. Like Big or League of Their Own. or Yeah. I, I would probably, I would maybe watch Big again, even as recently as I've watched it for the writing that newsletter. Rather than watch the burbs, even half of the burbs. Ugh. Anyways. At any rate, if you want to read that newsletter, yes, join our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/unabashedlyobsessed. Any any tier will get you that newsletter, but five dollars will get you our recommendations, uh, which this month are very good. Yeah, I was pretty pretty pleased with the ones yeah. that I came up with. I love when you post recipes. It's real. Like I've never I'm never gonna make them, but I love reading recipes so much. Really? Yeah. I saw a Goodreads nomination in the cook- in the cookbooks uh, category for this year. Yeah. Called um, Sweet Revenge, colon, Passive Aggressive Desserts to Serve to Your Exes and Enemies. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I know, right? I was what like, make- vote. What makes them passive aggressive? I don't know. I, I've never read the book. I want to get a copy of that for our live stream that we're doing next month. Would we cook one? No, we would just read a recipe. Got it, to got everybody. it, got it, got it. Yes, yes, yes. I like it. I that like was it. a segue, is what that was. Okay, yeah, we do have a live stream next month, Aaron. <laughs> segues go a lot better when people realize you're making them. That's true. You know, the smoothest segues are the ones you don't detect. That is true. We do have a live stream next month. We're going to do it, I think, the weekend before Christmas. So it's going to be late in December. Yeah, it's going to be that Friday night before Christmas, which is the 22nd. Second, I think. Yeah. yeah. So if you are around. Please join us. Um, hey, we're telling you far enough in advance that you could clear your calendar. That's true. Um, or watch it with your family. There you go. Maybe. It depends who your family it is. It could be, yeah. Like uh, my my guy, Elliot, Jen's kid. He could probably hang. He could definitely hang. Um, other kids, maybe not so much, like my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some parents, perhaps, maybe uh, skip this one. Exactly. Um, not that we're planning on, on doing anything outlandish. It's just, you know, who Well, we I don't know. That that book I sent you the other day yeah. could go some directions. It could. If it that's could. what we do. Which we I think we should. This Remember last week when we did social media in like four oh, seconds? It was so great. I was telling my dad about it. Yeah, it was great. Let's finish. This has been social a... Media. This no, been, I don't think we're, we're oh, yeah, done right, yet right, right, because... We have to thank... Well, we have a merch store, cafepress.com slash unabashedly obsessed. Go put our cartoon faces on things. Yes. And thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here? Uh, you can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube. Thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at Corrupted Gem and on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. This has been a just fine episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. <laughs> it really has.
Just across the board. It's been just fine. Just fine. <laughs> I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. And so could a time-traveling ghost if you'd let it, Tom Hanks. I don't want a time-traveling ghost. All ghosts are time-traveling ghosts? In the sense that so are we time-traveling existing in the world. We're just ghosts with meat bodies? It was meat shells. Meat bodies. Meat is... shells and cheese? Oh. Velveeta's new flavor. <laughs>